0: they sang that song my hope how it welled up within me lord what a hope we have today lord what a place we can put our trust in the god that has never failed and will never fail lord we're asking you now to come and just take complete control of this service take complete control of my lips lord i surrender myself to you lord father you know those that have gathered here this morning you know the battles lord god what we're asking for is strength today to press on Lord we're asking you to lift us up into heavenly places Lord God and lift our faith to places we can grab a hold Lord God of all the promises of God Lord that we can find that solid rock to take our stand upon this morning and say I will not be moved Lord have your way I pray Lord Jesus Lord I I pray for our pastor this morning as he prepares to take the pulpit Lord I pray you will bless that service there at that camp we love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen. What a wonderful atmosphere here this morning. Thank you all very much. If you'll be turning to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and verse 11. I've Been up late the last few nights. For some reason, haven't been able to sleep. I've been seeing 3 and 4 o'clock every morning. But the good thing about that is I've been able to watch Brother Tim and Timothy's services there in Canada. And they have been so powerful, so amazing. I watched as the Holy Spirit has just moved through that place and and witnessed people just crying out to God and worshiping God. And, And Brother Tom Ray got up and said, I see people here crying out to God and worshiping God that I've never seen move before. And that just thrilled my heart because I know as we get closer and closer and closer, there's still seed out there. They may not have moved yet, but they will move. There's still seed out there. They may not have taken a step yet, but they will take a step. We believe that with all our heart. We're thankful that the Lord's using those men of God and just pray for them as they're out. Pray for Brother Craig as he's still out. We want to read here in the scripture, Ephesians 6, verse 11. We'll read down through verse 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having a breastplate of righteousness. I also want to look in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 14. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 14. These are some very familiar scriptures that we're reading this morning. And we're going to bring a, a very simple thought to you this morning. My, my heart, my desire, you know, as I prayed I want what the Lord wants. I want to say what he wants. But what just kept one up within me is that I want us to be encouraged in the Lord today. I want us to be encouraged in where we stand. I want us to know that our foothold is sure, that our God cannot fail. And if you're in him, you cannot fail. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Amen. May God add his blessings to the reading of the word. You may have your seats. What a wonderful promise we read here in the scripture. That we are going to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord. I believe that's all that's what we're all living for today. I believe that's the reason that we press on today. I believe that's the reason that we get up each and every day and take another step. We're looking for that fulfillment of that promise. We're looking for the new body and the body change and that sweep to come and and come across our our body. We're looking for that day when when we're brushing our teeth maybe and we look up in the mirror and standing there with us as one of our loved ones gone on before. What a day that'll be. What a day when somebody walks past and and you recognize them and you go, was that... Was that who I think it was? And then you'll feel that sweep begin to come across your body. That's the day I believe that we're all living for. I believe that we're right here at the rapture of the church. I believe that we're that that the shout has gone forth. I believe that it's lamp trimming time. I believe it's Exodus time. I believe we're right here in the Passover. And, and it's so important, as we've heard preached over and over again, to make sure you're under the blood. Make sure that your life is ready. And I know today that preaching to a congregation like this, that there's people here in all walks of life. There, there, we're all in different stages of our walk with the Lord. But I'm going to preach to you this morning, not as if you're a beginner, not as if you're backslidden, not as if you've way on down the road, but we're preaching to all of us as though we are seed of Abraham. Bottom line. It doesn't matter where you're at. We're seed of Abraham. And what you need to do today is just take another step and claim your promise and say, I am seed of Abraham. That's who I am. It's not about I was saved last week or I'm struggling or I'm up and down. I'm telling you today, you're seed of Abraham and Satan hates that revelation in your heart. He doesn't ever want you to come to the point that you realize I am God's. I belong to God because once you get that first step and you recognize that, then there's no power in hell that can keep you from obtaining the promises that he he has for you because you begin to recognize it's mine it's always been mine it belongs to me because I am seed of Abraham and that's who we are today and that's how we're going to approach this but as I said I believe the shout has gone forth and we're right here on the cusp of the coming of the Lord but it's at this time not that we get close to the coming of the Lord and things begin to get easy that's not how this is going to work as we get here right to the coming of the Lord that's when the battle is going to rage harder than it's ever raged before Okay, But I'm telling you today that no matter how the battle rages, no matter what happens, we shall remain. And that's what we're going to preach on today. That's our, that's our topic we're going to preach on. We shall remain. Satan's kingdom has reached its zenith. The height of the tree of knowledge of good and evil has, has come to full maturity. It's, it's, it's more evil than it's ever been in the world all around us. But we are not to be dismayed by the power of Satan's kingdom because we are specifically called to tear Satan's kingdom down. We are not to be dismayed by the the maturity of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because I'm telling you at the same time there's another tree that has reached maturity. The tree of life has been revealed to us in a way it's never been revealed before. It's reached full maturity. You can see the entire picture. The the, the bride tree has been restored back with the canker worm and the caterpillar and all those had eaten. It's been restored back so it's not just the tree of knowledge of good and evil that has reached its full potential but there's a broad tree that's reached its full potential there's a broad tree that's going forth in the power and the glory of, of, of her mate the Lord Jesus Christ we're not worried about the evil in the world we're not caught off guard by how bad things are we expect those things those things are reaching their height those things are reaching their maturity but the bride of Jesus Christ is also reaching her height she's also reaching her maturity where she recognizes is the power that she has to operate in the Lord Jesus Christ we're not to be worried by the evil because we have a promise that when the enemy comes in like a flood the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard up against it we're told here in Ephesians to put on the whole armor of God to surround ourselves with the Word of God to make it a cloak that wraps around us so that we're able to stand against the wiles of the devil What are wiles? Wiles are cunning arts, deceit, craft, and trickery. Look, he doesn't usually just show up and say, I'm the devil, and here's what I'm here to do to you. He's very cunning. He's full of tricks. He's full of deceit to where many times we're caught up in a snare, we're caught up in a trap, and it's not to where days or weeks or months into it until we go, oh, The devil laid a trap. Oh, I see where I misstepped because we didn't recognize it because we stepped into a situation of deceit. We stepped into a situation of trickery because that's how he works. It's the wiles of the enemy. Now, it's not always the devil that gets us in bad situations. A lot of times it's it's that other D word, decisions decisions that we make and things that we do without going to the Lord in prayer, without taking things to Him. We just think, well, things are going good. Hey, that looks good. Oh, yeah, let me just take that job or just let me do this or let me move here and let me do that. And we end up in a world of trouble because we make decisions without seeking the leadership of the Lord. So it says put on the whole armor of God that you can withstand the cunning hearts, withstand the deceit, withstand the craft, withstand the trickery. So the the scripture here identifies our enemy as the devil. That's who our enemy is today. Listen, it's, it's not flesh and blood. All right? no, no matter what your situation is today, you need to remember something. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. Your enemy is not your brother. Your enemy is not your sister. It doesn't matter if it's your brother or sister that has made you mad. That is not your enemy. Your enemy is not your husband today. Your enemy is not your wife. Your enemy is the devil. And if we can get our focus back on that and get our guns and get our arrows and get our weapons and our barbs and our hurtful things turned away from flesh and blood and point them back to who our enemy is enemy is the devil, we might be getting somewhere. But it's hard to press forward and it's hard to take another step. It's hard to grow in the Lord when the enemy's there and we're fighting each other. Our enemy is not our brother. Our enemy is the devil. Our enemy are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's who our enemy is. And he is a formidable foe. The scripture goes on to foreshadow the difficulty of the coming battle when it says having done all to stand. Now, it didn't say, you know, when you get through standing, it says having done all. That means you're going to have to do everything in your power to stand. That means you're going to have to give it everything you got. That means when it seems like you've been forsaken, when nobody's standing with you, when you don't have any strength left in your body, All. Having done everything you know to do to stand, it says stand therefore. When you've given everything, when you've sold out, when you've given every single effort you can give. See, this isn't a halfway battle, church. This isn't a halfway battle that we're in. This isn't play fighting. This is all or nothing. This is everything or nothing. The enemy's not coming at you halfway. You can't stand and face the enemy halfway. He's not coming at you with little little bitty jabs and little bitty things and just seeing if this will bother you a little bit or that will bother you a little bit. That's not how he's coming. He's coming at you through deceit and trickery. And when he gets you where he wants you, he's coming with the full assault. He's coming to destroy you. He's not coming to play games, and you can't play games with him. It's all or nothing. Having done all to stand. Having done all to stand. Everything within your power. Jesus said that the gates of hell... Will not prevail against his church brother Branham would look at this and say this is foreshadowing showing that the gates of hell would be against it the gates of hell won't that shows that the gates of hell will be against it what what bring it down just a step further it's not just the gates of hell are against the church it's not just the gates of hell are against a a worldwide body a group of people known as the bride of Jesus Christ the gates of hell are against you The gates of hell are against you as an individual, your individual walk, your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with your brothers and sisters, your family relationship, your relationship with your children. He's against you in every aspect of your life that you can think of. He wants to destroy it. The gates of hell are against you. What does this mean, the gates of hell? It's not speaking of some iron gates or some big... You know dark black iron gates that enters into the gates and those gates of hell are against you It's not even talking about a doorway or an entrance into hell The greek word underlying our english translation for gates is pule And gates here is actually a good translation For the word pule However in strong's greek concordance and in the greek lexicon of the new testament It indicates that pule in antiquity Was used to indicate authority and power the word typically refers to an exit that people go through so here in this sense it means all the authority and power that proceeds out of hell so what is against you every demon power every power of darkness every single thing that the devil can conjure up everything that can come forth out of hell is against you And yet it it tells you, it doesn't tell you, now when you see this coming, you better duck and run because that's a lot of power. When you see this coming, you better duck and run because I'm not sure you can withstand it. It says, having done all to stand, you stand therefore. Having done all to stand, Satan, you've hit me a bunch of times. I'm worn out. I'm beat down. But in Jesus' name, I press on. I will stand therefore regardless of the attack of the enemy. I don't care how dark it is. This one left. That one's ridiculing. This one's talking about the message and making videos while I left. But I'm going to stand right here. And then I will stand some more when I've done all to stand. This is an all-in battle. This is all or nothing, life or death, heaven or hell. Everything is on the line. And the gates of hell are after you this morning. What do I do? What do I do, brother Aaron? The gates of hell are after me how do i stand you got to put on the whole armor of god that's the only way you're going to be able to stand it's the only way brother brandon would say and as the battle rages you become a real target look when you weren't in the battle you weren't a target there wasn't anybody shooting at you there weren't any fiery darts being thrown your way you weren't in the battle but brother brown says now when you're in the battle you become a real target So there's only one thing to do. you got to put on the whole armor of faith. Stand true to God. Stand true. I want us to think about that all day. We will stand true. No matter what, I will be found standing true. If there's a theme today of we will remain, it's that we will stand true. We will remain true. No matter what doctrines come, what doctrines go, we will stand true upon the unadulterated Word of God. You must stand true to God and march forward. That's all. God's army does not retreat. Church, we cannot retreat. If you retreat, you're just going to get shot in the back and you're going to end up dead anyway. All right? If I die, let it be known that I died facing the enemy. If I went down, let it be known that I went down standing up no matter what, you let them know I stood there it doesn't matter, I will remain it doesn't matter if I go by the way of the grave they will say he remained in his day he stood the test of time he was true to the word I will face the enemy at all costs never turn your back upon the enemy God's army does not retreat it goes on many of them drop off to the side and start this, that or the other but the army of God marches forward we're going right on and on He says, oh, we have a word for us at this time. It's hold fast, persevere, don't give up, put on the whole armor of God. Use every weapon he has given us. He says, use every gift at our disposal. Well, the people that don't believe in the gifts, I don't know what they're going to do with that. He said, use every gift at our disposal. God gave those gifts for a reason. He doesn't do anything without a purpose. Use the gifts at our disposal. Don't be afraid to operate a gift if it's in your life. As a matter of fact, you'll be held responsible for not using the gift if he gave you that and you don't use it. Use every gift at our disposal. He says, use every weapon, use every gift, and look ahead with joy because we're going to be crowned by him who is king of kings and Lord of lords. That's enough for me to go on with joy. Knowing at the end of this, at the end of the battle, at the end of the fight, at the end of the hardships, I'm going to be crowned by him who is king of kings and Lord of lords. I'm telling you, it'll be worth it all. I'm telling you, whatever your struggle is today will be nothing. It will not be remembered. You won't even care. That day when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant, that's reason enough to stand. That's reason enough to go forward in joy. And having done all to stand, stand even light tabernacle. When you feel defeated, stand. When you feel beat down, stand. When you feel like you've given everything you have to give, stand. When you feel like you can't go on, Stand. If you'll do this, you have a promise. The gates of hell will not prevail against you. Amen. The gates of hell. We sum that up. That's anything and everything the devil can throw at you. So you can take your story, which I'm sure is an awful one. I don't say that to, to, to minimize what you're going through. My goodness, human trials are tough. The battles we go through are tough. They're hard. And sometimes they get us beat down. But I'm telling you that that battle, that trial that you're going through, that fits right in there in the gates of hell. That's where it come from. And I'm telling you, it shall not prevail against you. Lift your head up this morning, seed of Abraham. Lift your head up, your redemption draweth nigh. Lift your head up and march on. Lift your head up and take another step. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Be all in. Half of the armor is not going to save you. Look, you can be a pretty good Christian. You can put on a lot of the things the word tells you to put on and you can die in battle because half of the armor will not save you. Halfway fighting is not going to defeat the enemy. A halfway life in Laodicea is not going to overcome. Halfway in anything in this Christian walk is a backslidden, lukewarm, cold and formal life. And it's not going to take you in a rapture. Matter of fact, it's not even going to allow you to keep holding on as times get tougher and as the squeeze gets tighter and twi- tighter, as the, as the spirits press in harder and harder. If you're not sold out, if you haven't given everything, you will fall away. But I'm talking to seed of Abraham this morning. I'm talking to men and women who will remain. I'm talking to men and women that on that day, they can say, I stood true. If surrender is an option in your heart, you will eventually take it. Understand that. If surrender is an option in your heart, you will eventually take it. You must be determined, I will not give up. I will not back down. I will remain. And thinking of this with surrender being an option, Y'all know I enjoy history and and reading things in history. And my mind goes back to the start of of the Texas Revolution and the Battle of the Alamo. And most of you know the story well. It's, It's something that many of us are taught in history books or told stories of. How that Colonel Travis there realizing that their days were numbered and that defeat was almost sure. How he drew a line in the sand and he asked all the men there who would join him. Who would come across that line? Who was willing to stay and fight, even though the odds looked so terrible? And what I love about the story is if you actually listen to the speech that Travis gave, uh, that, that they record as what he supposedly said after he drew the line in the sand, was it doesn't matter if any of you cross this line. I'll hold no hard will against you, but I'm staying. It doesn't matter what you do, I'm staying. It doesn't matter if I have to face this entire Mexican army by myself. I'm staying. And he told them, it matters not what happens. Retreat is not an option in my heart. And if we can get that attitude down in our heart this morning, look, if daddy doesn't go... I'm going. If Mama doesn't go, I'm going. If my brother don't go, I'm going. If my sister don't go, I'm going. But let me tell you, I'm gonna fight for you the whole time. I'm gonna to try to bring you along with me. But at the end of the day, you gotta walk across that line yourself. At the end of the day, you gotta make the decision because if it's in your heart to surrender, if it's in your heart to retreat, then when you're surrounded and the battle's not going the way you thought it would go, you will turn and run. But when it's not an option, when you put the line in the sand and you say. I will stand right here and when I've done all to stand I'm going to keep standing then when the fiery darts of the enemy come when you stand for Jesus Christ he will stand for you you will be victorious but you got to stand through the moments that look bleak you got to stand through the moments that look dark Travis had already made up his mind I don't care if y'all go I don't care if y'all stay I'm staying the kind of determination that we as the bride of Christ must have. Before this, in late February 1836, Travis wrote a letter. I love this, this letter. You actually see it if you ever visit the Alamo. There's a plaque there with this letter. It's just considered a great moving letter that he wrote. It's now considered a great piece of history. Just days before the final stand of the Alamo. He says, to the people of Texas and all Americans in the world. Fellow citizens and compatriots, I am besieged. Can you say that this morning? I am besieged. By a thousand or more of the Mexicans under Santa Ana, I have sustained a continual bombardment and cannonade for 24 hours and have not lost a man. We have sustained bombardment. We have sustained cannon fire. We have sustained sickness. We have sustained depression. There's been all kind of things come against us. But I'm just letting y'all know out there we're still standing. I'm just letting y'all know out there we hadn't give up. I'm just letting you know that we're still in here fighting. He says the enemy has demanded a surrender at discretion. Otherwise, the garrison are to be put to the sword if the fort is taken. Satan says you better surrender. You better give up right now. Look, quit now, and I'll let you live. That's a lie. Satan can't offer life. Satan can't offer anything but death, and that's the thing those men inside the Alamo knew, that even surrender meant certain death. So look, surrender is not an option because even surrender brings death. The only option is to stand and have victory. Victory is the only option for the bride of Christ. You want life? Stand and fight. You want eternal life? Stand and fight. You want your healing? Stand and fight. Retreat is not an option. He says the garrison are to be put to the sword if the fort is taken. I have answered the demand with a cannon shot. Woo, I like it. (laughs) Surrender. Boom. Take that for an answer. You think we're going to surrender this morning, devil? Boom. Lower the boom on him this morning. He's got you surrounded. He says, here's your chance. You can surrender. I say, I will not surrender. I will be a part of the alive and remain. I won't back down. Boom. Fire a boom cannon at him this morning. A boom of faith. Let him know I'm still standing. I'm still standing. Answer the devil this morning. He says, I have answered with a cannon shot, and our flag still waves proudly from the walls. I shall never surrender or retreat. I say the banner of Jesus Christ still waves proudly from these walls. We shall not surrender, nor shall we ever retreat. Oh, glory. Our flag still waves from these walls. Hallelujah. Oh, we're surrounded by thousands. Two hundred million. Do you surrender? Boom. Boo, devil. Boo, devil. Our flag still waves proudly from these walls. Give the devil an answer he don't expect this morning. Then I call on you in the name of liberty of patriotism and everything dear to the American character to come to our aid with all dispatch. The enemy is receiving reinforcements daily and will no doubt increase to 3 or 4,000 in four or five days. If this call is neglected, now understand, he was under no grand illusion that they were about to be saved. This man stood with this courage, all these men, knowing they would not be saved. Think about that. Knowing that when they stepped across that line, they had just a few breaths left. They had a few days left. And they were willing to do it for a little old building out in the middle of the desert. Because it was about honor. It was about principle. It was about what they believed was their God-given rights. Listen, we ain't waiting on reinforcements to show up. They're here this morning. We're not waiting on somebody to come and bail us out last minute. This Adam's race was bailed out 2,000 years ago. Adam's race, the price was paid 2,000 years ago. We're not waiting on reinforcements. We're surrounded by reinforcements. How do we not have the courage to stand when others stood in the face of death, when others stood with, with no greater reward than to die? Certain death. He says, if this call is neglected, I am determined to sustain myself as long as possible and die like a soldier who never forgets what is due to his own honor and that of his country. Victory or death. That just stirs something up within me. I'm telling you, victory or death. Victory or death. He says, P.S., The Lord is on our side. Woo! Devil, there's more to this. P.S. The Lord is on our side. There's more to the story. The Lord is on our side. He's here today. He's in this building now. You've been beat down and surrounded and attacked all week. The devil says, surrender, surrender, surrender. P.S. The Lord is on our side. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can't fall. You can't lose. You can't back up. The Lord is on your side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Boom! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Listen, we know how that story ended. They fought courageously for 13 days, but in the end, they all died. But that letter began to circulate. Actually, before the Alamo failed, the letter began to circulate. They said it went to New Orleans. It quickly went up towards New York, through D.C., into Boston, all those places. And it so began to rally the hearts of people. began to rally the hearts towards this place called Texas that most people had never been and would never go. But they said it was just too far away for them to get there in time. But they say the majority of Sam Houston's army that would defeat Santa Ana just weeks later at the Battle of San Jacinto was made up of people who had read that letter, whose hearts were stirred. And they said, if they can do that, if they can do that, I'll go fight with people like that. I'll go fight. What does it do to people around you when you stand in the midst of a battle? What's it done for this church when people go through the deepest, darkest times when cancer strikes and you see somebody square their shoulders back and say, I won't surrender. I won't back down. It begins to well up something within you on the inside. You begin to want to draw your sword and say, I'll fight with somebody like that. I'll stand with people like the people at Evening Light Tabernacle. I'll stand no matter what the situation. They were fighting for nothing more than a state, for a piece of land. We're fighting for the Souls of men and women. We're fighting for eternal life. I'll stand with people like that. What to do when you see somebody stand in the face of a giant? What happened when David killed Goliath and he raised that head? The children of Israel got fired up. They drew their swords and men who the day before were cowards hiding in their tent. They charged the battlefield. They charged the enemy. They chased the Philistines. You stand against your Goliath. Stand against your enemy and say, I won't back down. And watch it rally the troops. Stand therefore. Woo. Look, Travis wrote to all the Americans in the world. That's what he said. To all Americans in the world. I ain't, I ain't talking to Americans. Well, I am. But I'm calling upon the believers of this end time message. All over the world, no matter where you may be, take your stand upon this message. It's worth standing for. It's worth fighting for. It's worth dying for. It is the absolute truth. It has changed my life. The Lord Jesus Christ has saved my soul. He has healed my body. He has delivered me. He has delivered you. It's worth standing for. It's worth fighting for. Message believers around the world, I call on you to stand today in the face of evil. Stand today in the face of ridicule. Stand today in the face of those that won't cross the line with you, but cross the line and say, here I will stand here I will fight I will not back down but I will remain I will remain oh hallelujah let that be my testimony one day he remained in the face of battle he remained she remained he stood she stood hallelujah hallelujah My jacket won't fit under that pulpit like those other guys. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Glory to God. They did it for Texas. What greater cause than the cause of Christ? (laughs) Who cares what the cost is? Though it costs me my life, I'll stand for the cause of Christ. Though it cost me my life, I'll fight for my children. Though it cost me my life, I will fight for my marriage. Though it costs me my life, I will fight for everything God has given me. Listen, let me tell you something. Christians do not quit. Christians do not give up. They will do whatever it takes to keep fighting. But this looks like it's going to be years of fighting. Okay. The Lord's on your side. He will strengthen you. He will give you the courage. He will give you what you need to make it through those years of fighting. What greater cause than the cause of Christ? I'm telling you, it's time for some people in this church. I don't mean this negatively. I mean this genuinely. For all of us. We're at the moment to where some of us need a line in the sand moment. What am I going to do? Am I going to stand and go all out? Or am I going to be halfway? Am I going to stand and go out? Or am I going to continue to be one that sees all the problems and faults within the church? Am I going to stand and go all out? Listen, I guarantee you. I guarantee you that those 189 men in the Alamo didn't all love one another. It was some rough people inside those walls but when it came down to it a bunch of men who were rough tumble frontiersmen i don't know maybe some of them knew jesus i don't know but i guarantee you they didn't all love one another and they said i'll die with you i'll fight with you i'll stand with you for texas And all we got to do is lay aside some of our bitterness and lay aside some of our dislike and lay aside some of our problem and fault finding so we can stand for the cause of Christ. I say shame on us if we can't. Shame on us if we can't. Quit playing the part of the accuser and quit seeing everything through the eyes of the accuser and finding fault in everybody. The problem is people usually start seeing faults in everybody else to keep from addressing the majority of faults within themselves. How do you know that? Because I've done it. I'll always be real with you because I've done it. When I find myself focused on what's wrong with everybody else and what's the reason everything is everybody else's problem, I realize I'm not where I need to be with God. I realize I need to get down on my knees because when Peter was looking at Jesus, he didn't see the waves. They were there. Listen, let's be honest. Your problems are there. My problems are there. But if my eyes are on Jesus, if they're on things of above, if I'm busy fighting the enemy, I don't got time to worry about what your problem is. Because your problem really ain't hindering me anyway. My problems hinder me. My flesh hinder me. If those men can lay it aside and say, I'll fight for Texas, I think we can lay things aside and say, I'll fight for the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll lay aside my problems, my issues, the way I view situations, my own thinking about how things ought to be and who this and who that and why is that person getting to sing in church? Why do you care? Get your eyes back on Jesus and let's march forward. That was free. time for a line in the sand listen there's a promise given first thessalonians 4 17 then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the lord in the air and listen to brother branham here he says you're always pointing at how wicked the world's getting but you fail to see how powerful the church is getting at the same time she's rising up standing over the field oh she's a little flock but brother god's with her That settles it right there. We could dismiss and go home and say this week's going to be awesome. God's with me. God is with me. He said God's with her, and she's going. Now listen to these words. There's no question. She's going to triumph Just as certain as Christ rose from the dead, amen, God's church shall never fail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It showed they'd be against it, but they cannot prevail. The church is going to triumph through the blood of Jesus Christ to the victory march. I'm positive of this one thing. God will have a church tonight without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, amen. I'm so happy about that. I'm so happy about that today. God will have a church. That's not up for debate. That's not up for question. You are seed of Abraham. You're a part of that church. Let's quit going, well, if this happens, and if I get that, you're a part of that church. He's talking to you today. Let's throw the doubts away. Let's throw our little complexes away. Let's throw I'm not good enough away. Look, the I'm not good enough is usually just an excuse to not enter all the way in. Throw it aside. Step on in. You're good enough. You're bought with the price through the blood of Jesus Christ. You're sanctified, justified. He filled you with the Holy Ghost. He's talking about you. Just deal with it. Just accept it and say, I'm going to accept it. I will triumph. I will overcome. I will remain. He's talking about me this morning. But you must be determined to remain. The scripture doesn't just mean that everyone still breathing and left alive is going to be called up to meet the Lord. Everybody who's alive and remain, every single body that's got oxygen and still here is going into rapture. That's not what it means. We could look at the word alive there physically or spiritually, but we're going to focus today on those who remain to remain means many things it can mean unused, it can mean left over, it can mean stay behind and we don't want to be any of those I don't want to be unused I don't want to be left over and I definitely don't want to stay behind. I read something that just blew my mind when I was studying for this service and I don't take it as the gospel, but a lot of times I'll read different Jewish historians and histories and traditions and things. And by some estimates, certain Jewish historians write that only two out of every five Israelites left Egypt, that the others chose to stay. Think about that. That the others remained. That's not the kind of remain we're talking about this morning. I'm not telling you that you need to remain where you are. I'm telling you, you need to remain on the journey, which means you're moving, you're pressing, you're standing true. You are remaining. That's what we're talking about today. The other synonyms for the word remain is to endure, to last, to abide, to go on, to carry on, to persist. To stand, to hold out, and to prevail. We must be alive and standing. You must be alive and standing for truth to go in the rapture. You must be alive and enduring to go in the rapture. You must be alive and prevailing. You must remain. Our battle versus Satan we know is not a new battle. And I want to take a minute and just go down through history for a moment. Um, down through the ages, down through the church ages, and I'll try to go as quick as I possibly can. But our battle versus Satan is not a new battle, and it's not even a battle that began on earth. We, We know that this battle began in heaven when Satan began to exalt his own will over the will of God. It's a battle of wills. God has a will that will always be fulfilled one way or the other. Satan has a will. God has plans. Satan has plans. And it's a battle of wills and plans and what can, what's going to come to pass. Satan had a will that was separate from God's will. And he began to desire glory. And he began to desire honor that belonged only to our, to our God. And he kind of became impressed with himself. I mean, he was a big deal in heaven. He was beautiful. He was in charge of a lot of things. And he kind of became impressed with himself. So remember that the next time you start to think too highly of yourself where that kind of thinking comes from. The next time you stand a little bit too long in the mirror... I'm just saying some of us don't have that problem I, I I sprint past mirrors as fast as I can, which isn't very fast, but I, I don't like to be in a mirror too long, but remember that if you start to think too highly of yourself that that's where that sin originated, that pride began to build up in Satan's heart that he was he was more beautiful, that he was more powerful, and that he deserved honor and he deserved glory and, and so that's where the sin began and, and And over time, this sin would come down to earth, and these battles would become human battles. Satan began to glory in himself, and we know that God has him cast out. And Brother Branham would say, in the greatest battle fought, the great first battle that was ever fought began in heaven. When Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels, it first started, the first battle was in heaven. So sin did not originate on earth. It originated in heaven. And then it was thrown down from heaven, cast out of heaven to the earth, and fell on human beings. Then battles from angels become human battles. And Satan come to destroy God's creation. Now this is what Satan's plans and Satan's will is. So we talked that he had one. Here it is. Satan come to destroy God's creation when God had created it for himself. Satan come to destroy this. That's what his purpose is. To destroy it. Then the battle began here on earth and it began in us. And it has been raging ever since. So Satan's cast down and we know that according to scripture, he, he comes into the garden of Eden. Even the scripture would place him there in Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen, It says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle. And gold, the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So he comes down into the garden of Eden and what's his desire? How do I get back? How do I get back into a position of power? I've lost it all. I have nothing. Now how do I get back in? How do I destroy God's creation? How do I assert my authority over his creation? How do I destroy his sons and daughters? And he wants to destroy God's plan. Anger is built up in him, and all he can think of is destroy, destroy. He wants his own kingdom. He wants his own children. And right off the bat, it looks as though he was successful. See, that's what we said at the very beginning of the service is Satan has plans, and many times he executes those plans seemingly to perfection. There are times you can look back and go, Satan put this trap for me, and I walked right into it, and he executed that plan to perfection. But he can't dictate the results. He has plans, but he can't dictate the results because God's plans and God's will will always come to pass. Brother Branham said through mercy, God will change everything. To make his will come to pass. So the perfect will of God may have been it's gonna go just like this and end up where I want it. But because Satan executed a plan and the permissive will of God then makes things do this, but it still ends up right where he wanted it. His will is going to come to pass. No matter what. So right off the bat, it looks as if Satan has been successful. It looks like all has been lost. And Eve falls to the whispers of the enemy. And it seems like it's over. Just when things were starting, it seems like it's all over. And it seems like Satan has accomplished his goal. And he's become the prince of the power of the air. And and man has forfeited all that God gave him. The book has now gone back into the hand of the original owner. Sickness, death, and dying. Now has reign over the whole earth But we learn a very important lesson Early on in the story Right off the bat what we learn is We serve a determined God We serve a God who is so determined when this happened, he didn't give up on his plan. We serve a God who's so determined that no matter what the devil has done to you, he has not given up on you this morning. Listen, the devil thinks he's beat you down and put you in a mud hole and God's never going to find you there. God knows right where you're at this morning. He has not given up on you. He has not given up on you because you are seed of Abraham. He has not given up on you because he paid the price for you. He paid redemption's price. He went to Calvary for you. It doesn't matter this morning the stain of sin that it's upon your life. It doesn't matter how far you feel like you've gone. It doesn't matter what the devil is whispering in your ear right now. Know this. God has not given up on you. He has not given up on this bride. He has not given up on you as an individual. He has not given up on your children. Neither should you give up on your children. Neither should you give up on your Christian walk. Neither should you lay your weapon down and give up. I'm telling you today, God has not given up on you. And God never gives up on his plans. Look, Adam and Eve had just sold the world into sin and slavery. I don't know what you've done, but you didn't do that. I don't know what you're guilty of today, but you didn't do what they did. And God didn't just cast them out and kick them out and say, stay out. I can't stand it. You've ruined everything. There's no hope for you. You're going to go in hell. It's what you deserve. I made this perfect Eden for you. But see, that's what Satan wants you to think. What happens when you stumble and you fall and he begins whispering in your head trying to make you think it's God. See, I gave you this perfect message, and you couldn't live it. And I gave you this, and I've sent all this, and you can't stand. What's wrong with you? You're no good. You've crossed the line. You're never going to be saved. That's not God. That's not how God speaks to his children. That's not how God speaks to Abraham. See, yes, he will correct you, but he'll tell you, get back up, my son. Get back up, my daughter, because I've made a way. Yeah, that's not what I intended for you, but it's okay. Get back up. Repent of it. Keep walking. I've made a way. That's how God operates. So no matter what you've done, you haven't done anything near as bad as what Adam and Eve had done. Adam and Eve had just given Satan access back into into the heavenly realms, back to their seat of authority. And look what our God says. Brother Brown says, look at that now. I see his shoulders stooping around his big body. Here comes an old bloody sheepskin running down those big manly legs. Tears is dripping off his cheeks, patting on the top of Eve's head as she leans over on his bosom. Little Eve crying, the tears patting down, is mixed with blood running down her bosom. What's the matter? Something's happened. They can cry now. They're mortal now. They're dying now. There you are. I see God say, depart out of my presence. But he couldn't stand it. I can see Adam start walking away, and as he did, I can hear something going, what's this? Oh, bloody sheepskins. Brother Brown's doing this flopping against his legs as he was going out. I can see God who covers all space and time, who has no beginning or ending. I can see it all bottled down like a funnel coming down like this in one four-little-lettered word, L-O-V-E. He couldn't see his children depart from him now. Why? He had made the covenant conditional with Adam, but now he makes it unconditional. said, I will put enmity between the woman's seed, And he would bruise the serpent's head and so forth. And he promised a savior. Right after the fall, right after the great sin that cast us all into sin and slavery of Satan. And he doesn't cast them down. You haven't gone too far this morning. You haven't done too much this morning that the grace of God won't forgive, won't repair, won't fix, won't lift you up to where he wants you to be. He says, but then when I see when poor little Eve looked over in the face of Adam and knowed. That she had caused the fall of the human race. She threw her arms around Adam, who was not deceived. And listen, I can hear them as they start going out clump, 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 bloody sheepskins beating against the, their legs. God, the whole universe, I can see it begin to come down like a funnel into the four letter word L O V E. He just couldn't see them. He loved them so well till he couldn't see them go. And he said he'd put in between between her seed and the serpent seed in that same clumping of them sheepskins, that bloody beating against Eve and Adam as they went out of the Garden of Eden. Them same blood of the sun beat against his legs as he went to Calvary yonder with our sins upon him. And the blood beating from his body carrying up yonder into Calvary. Church, he was determined that his plan wouldn't fail. He was determined that you wouldn't fail. When all seemed lost, when darkness was all around, when there was no way I could succeed, he said, I will give my life for Aaron Oglesby. I will not give up on him. I will give my life for Joe Adams. I will not give up on him. I will give my life for Sherman Thomas. I won't give up on him. I will give my life for whosoever will. I will not give up on them. This morning, he has not given up on you because his plan and his will will remain. He says our God is a determined God. God is determined. When God makes up his mind to do anything, it has to be. That's a short quote, but it's powerful. When God makes up his mind to do anything, it has to be. So what are we worried about? What are we worried about? It has to be. I'll have a church without spot or wrinkle. It has to be. Satan's full of lies and fears that he loves to put on people. And one of the biggest ones that he loves to spout is that one, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. And he'll tell you that you've crossed the line and he'll tell you that there's no help for you in God. Listen, it's a liar. He wouldn't even be telling you that. God never talks to people that way. Listen, if you had gone too far, you would have zero desire for God. You would not be here this morning or listening to this service. If you'd gone too far, you would have no desire for God. And to be honest with you, sometimes that can't even be the perfect predictor. Because I'm telling you, most days, I bet Legion didn't have a desire for God. But all it took was one moment. Listen, your loved one hadn't gone as far as Legion went. You haven't gone as far as Legion went. All it takes is one moment of him or her going, God, I need you. One moment. And he'll cross seas for that soul. One moment, and he'll cross seas for you. You haven't gone that far. Your daughter, your loved one hasn't gone as far as Mary Magdalene went. They haven't reached the depths of sin that Mary Magdalene went, but she hadn't gone too far. One moment in his presence, and everything changed. One moment in his, but you don't know the sin they're in. You don't know the lifestyle they're living. You don't understand. I know how Mary Magdalene lived. And I know that he made her the very first living witness when he rose from the tomb. She was the witness that came out and said, he's alive. He's alive. And I'm telling you, your young person, your loved one, one day they may come home and say, he's alive, mama. He's alive. He made it real to me. He's alive in my heart. He can make your loved one a living witness that he's risen from the tombs. It doesn't matter how far they go. They have not crossed the line. You have not crossed the line. There's grace for you still. Brother Branham says, Satan cannot keep revelation down when the spirit wants to give it. That's good right there. He cannot keep revelation down when the spirit wants to get. Listen, darkness upon darkness upon darkness upon darkness can't keep the light of God's word from shining when it's time. When it's time to shine, that light will pierce every darkness. It'll cut through every doubt, every fear and unbelief. Listen, darkness upon darkness upon darkness can't keep your promise from coming to pass when it's time. You're holding on to something, just keep holding on. If it's God's will, and I believe it is, he will not withhold any good thing from you. You just keep holding on. When it's time, darkness upon darkness upon darkness cannot hinder it from going forth. Light shineth in darkness, and darkness don't know what to do with it. Darkness can't stop light. It's not possible. We serve a determined God, and he wants to determine people. We realize, of course, that it's only through our trust and faith in him that we're able to remain. I understand that. I understand that it's all through him. I understand that it's all his promises. I understand it's all his strength. When we're weak, he is strong. I understand that, but there's a part that you got to play. There's a certain grit that he expects out of his people. There's a certain determination, a certain resolve. He expects you to have a backbone because he'll move on the scene for you when you've done all to stand. Okay, when you don't stand, he has no opportunity to move. But when you've done all to stand, when you've showed your backbone, when you've shown your resolve, then he will move on the scene for you every time. And I'm telling you today, whether you realize it or not, every single one of you have that grit. Every single one of you have that resolve. Every single one of you have that backbone. It takes longer to show up in some people than others. It took many years for it showed up in my own life. All right? Once again, I know what I'm talking about. There's times you don't realize you have it. There's times you don't know what's within you. There's many times Shamgar let him take all his crops because he didn't know what was within him. But on the day that the revelation struck, on the day that it dropped down within his heart that I am a seed of Abraham, remember, your seed of Abraham when it struck down in his heart that I am a part of the covenant people and you're a part of the covenant people then the odds didn't matter the amount of devils didn't matter the sickness didn't matter none of that mattered because he had a promise and he had a covenant and now there was something that welled up within him that he didn't even know was there and today you may not even know the courage that you have you may not even know the backbone you have but it's there it's there I believe that for you even if you can't believe it right now I believe it's there sometimes this old flesh gets in the way and sometimes it takes longer to show up but that predestinated seed deep down on the inside of you it's the real you and it won't let you quit you feel like you have no courage but for some reason you can't ever quit You feel like that you can't do anything right but for some reason you can't ever quit it won't ever let you give up, it won't ever let you even though this flesh wants to and you're like I'm tired I can't go on, your mind is agreeing yep that's right, you're tired and you can't go on I don't know if I can go on and yet you get up and you go on, you get up and you take another step, you get up and you keep pressing on, you get up and you remain because there's something inside of you it's a predestinated seed gene of God that will not let you quit it will not let you fall, it will not let you fail, you will remain till the end. You can't help it. I'm glad it's not relying on me. I'd have probably quit a long time ago, but I can't help it. Something keeps holding me. Something keeps dragging me along. Something keeps building up on the inside of me that says, that's truth. That's truth. Keep walking. Keep fighting. That's truth. There's victory just ahead. There's a rapture just ahead, but I don't know. Keep going. Keep fighting. It's pushing me and it's welling up on the inside. I can't help it. Something deep down says keep walking, keep fighting. And that's what we've seen in the elect down through the ages. Some of this I'm going to go real quick now and skip over. But Satan's always tried to destroy the seed of God in every age. And the seed just kept moving on. Seed just kept moving on. It remained through every circumstance. In Noah's time, Satan made it so evil that God said, I'm going to destroy man who I created for it repents me that I've even made him. You think it's bad in this day? In that day, one man remained. One. And against all odds, against every ridicule, he stood. He remained right there with his ark, right there with his message. This is truth. He was outnumbered. He was scoffed at. He remained. The plan of God will always continue despite Satan's efforts. Look, we could point to many that stood through tough times and remained True despite all the devil threw at him. David stood in the face of a giant. Daniel stood in a strange land all alone. Stood in the face of the lion's den. Threat of death. He remained true. Separated from all the other believers. Even into the lion's den he went. The three Hebrew children stood. Even under penalty of death. They would not bow to an idol. They wouldn't bow to an image even though that image was made in the image of a prophet. They weren't going to stand and bow to an image of a prophet. They weren't going to worship a prophet. It didn't matter how holy he was and how, how wonderful God had used the man and how respected he was. They were to have no other idol, no other God before their God. And they weren't going to bow before the image of a prophet. And then I, I say the same goes for the people today. We, we, we serve one true living God. And we're not going to bow before any idol regardless Of what that idol may be brother Branham says the time came for Shadrach Meshach and Abednego to show their colors show their face so they turned their back to the image they said our God is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace but nevertheless we will not bow down to the image there it was it was time the season was there so the time came that when he was going to throw them into the fiery furnace burn that religion out of them that's what the devil tries to do all the time burn you up on something Make you sicker when you're prayed for. Make you think you've lost your experience. Some of you that's had a new experience with God, you hadn't lost your experience. You did get exactly what you said you got. That's the devil lying to you. Some of you that's been walking with God all these years and he's telling you all of a sudden you don't have the Holy Ghost, that's the devil lying to you. You keep walking. You keep trusting. You do not back off the promise God gave you. Do not back off your testimony. If you said you were healed, you're healed. You stand there. You said the Lord filled me with the spirit. You're the one who knows. The devil don't know you were there. You were there when it happened. You remember how your life changed. Don't let him talk you out of anything. He tries to burn us out on things. He tries to make you think you've lost your experience. He's lying to you. The time comes when you have to stand on God's word and stand alone. That comes for every one of us. There will come a time when you must stand alone. And maybe it's just you and the devil standing there. Because when it comes time for those battles, you have to know that you know that you know. When the hour gets dark, Brother Gary, that anchor holds, don't it? When you have to stand alone, the anchor will hold. I promise you the anchor has held down through the ages. It held all the way down. It held for Noah. It held for Daniel. It held for the three Hebrew children. It held for Shamgar. And it'll hold for you today. He said there's got to be a time when you've got to separate yourself between your feelings and your faith. That time is tonight. I believe that it's time that we separate our feelings from our faith. The word says so. That settles it. That's the end of it. His word will be fulfilled. On and on it goes. Time after time we see it. When everyone else quits, the seed of God presses on. When everything seems to be against you and the odds are stacked against God's children, when it's the darkest hour, there's always someone who says, I will remain. God will always have his hand, a person that he can put his hand on. God will always have a testimony upon the earth. God's plan will always march forward, and it doesn't matter what Satan does. Somebody's going to endure. Somebody's going to persevere. The elect of God will always stand against the power of darkness. But in the end, Satan doesn't give up. He never gives up. And we come on down through history, and time after time, Satan feels like he was so close to overthrowing God's program. So close, he was right there. Oh, I thought I had him. Oh, I thought I had him. He's always right there, right on the edge. But our God's always one step ahead of him. Our God's always one step ahead of him. Our God knows the end from the beginning. That dumb old devil ain't figured out yet that, wait, this God knows what I'm about to do. Wait a minute. This God knows exactly the turn I'm fixing to make. He knows, and so he keeps his hand upon your life. Even though you don't see that turn coming, God knows that turn's coming. God keeps his hand upon you. And it, Satan looked like he had it all defeated, so close to causing everything to cave in. Only to have somebody stand in his face. I'm proud to be one that's standing in his face in his own eating, standing for righteousness. But we come down to a crucial time, about 2,000 years ago, when it seemed like mankind could not go on. When it seemed like Satan finally had the world in total and complete disarray. And I love these quotes right here. Now Adam's race was all in bondage. There they were without hope, without God, without chance, without mercy, without anything that could help them. The great enemies of the lower region of the lost had them shut up in darkness. There was not a way out. There was no one could help. Nothing could be done. It looked like a total, complete loss. That is worse than the situation you're in. Adam's race was backed into a corner where the law and the judgments and the prophets and everything that had been sent had failed. Nothing could be done. Human race was doomed. The great armies of hell was marching on, well trained and in their ranks, every man to his place. They backed Adam's children into a corner where they could go no further. They sent the law, they couldn't keep it. They sent judgments, they wouldn't listen to it. They plunged right on, they sent prophets and they stoned them. Nothing could be done. But in glory one day, the most precious thing of heaven stepped out before the angels of God and said, This day I will give my life for the sons of Adam. This day I will do something that will break the ranks of the enemy. I'm so glad that when there was no hope for me, he said, This day I'll step up for you. This day I'll break the hold of the enemy upon your life. This day I'm going to step forward. This day I'll give my life. And it says, I can just see him go to the door. Satan walked to the door and said so you finally got here did you yes I'm here I thought I had you when I killed Abel I was sure I had you when I threw Daniel in the lion's den when I beheaded John I thought I had you when you was on the cross I thought I had you but finally you've arrived this is clearly a case of him not realizing what he was getting this was clearly a case of him not realizing what he was in for because This idiot's celebrating the fact that his kingdom's just been destroyed. He's celebrating the fact that he's taken the greatest whooping anybody has ever taken in the history of the world. He is celebrating the fact that he just brought the one down that's going to loose every sinner, heal every sickness, deliver the bound, set you free. He's celebrating it. He's going, I'm glad you're here. Well, guess what? I'm glad he was there too. I'm glad he showed up for me so I don't have to go there. He showed up for me and he showed up for you. And he said, yes, I've arrived and I've arrived with one purpose. You have put fear and chills on the people long enough. I have come down to take over. That's right. Satan said, oh, but I've got a right. Adam sinned. Jesus said... But my blood's still wet on the cross, and it paid for that sin. Yes, sir, I come down to take over. Give me the keys of death and hell. He grabbed the keys from, of death and hell said, give me those keys. I like this part. He says he reached over and grabbed Satan by the neck. Woo! How many times I would like to do that. He said he reached over and grabbed Satan by the neck, threw him on the ground, put his foot on his throat. And he said, you fooled people long enough. Get back in there where you belong. He says, I'm the boss now. My blood's been shed up there on the cross. You can't keep them here any longer. There will be people who believe in me. You can't bind them with sickness. You can't bind them with fear. They will believe. Hallelujah. Oh, what a conqueror we serve. The one that we fear, the one that brings trembling, the one that brings dread in the night. He just grabbed him by the neck, threw him down, put his foot there and said, I'm the boss now. How about you do that this morning? Reach out and grab a hold of that fear. Grab a hold of that depression. Grab a hold of that anxiety. Whatever is tormenting you, and grab it. Throw it down. Put your foot there and say, I'm the boss now because he shed his blood on Calvary for me. He gives you that right. God's purpose will be fulfilled every time. See, Satan's got plans. Sometimes they're not very good. That was a dumb one. God has plans. Satan has will. God has will. God's will will be fulfilled every single time. What am I preaching to you today? Listen, Satan's plans for you don't matter. The lies that he's whispering in your ear they don't matter he says you're gonna give up he says you're not gonna make it he says you're not gonna make it in he says I'm gonna take your life he says you're not even saved listen he don't get a vote All I'm not sure how well versed y'all are on civics but this is not a democracy this is a monarchy which is ruled by a king And the king makes the decision. And the king says you're sealed. The king says you're saved. The king says I have forgiven you. The king says I have healed you. The king says you can go free. The king says you don't have to be in bondage anymore. Satan doesn't get a vote about your life. There's only one vote. There's only one voice. There's only one that matters. And he says you're free this morning. He says you're victorious this morning. He says you're an overcomer this morning. And he's the only one that matters. It's the only voice that matters. Cast down the lies of Satan. Cast down those lies. His vote doesn't count. It's voter fraud. It's voter fraud. It doesn't count. This is a monarchy. And our king says you're saved and you will remain. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You will stand true. You are going to overcome. Because every time Satan tries to put something on you, our God is right there to give us the strength we need to overcome it. Listen, his plans mean nothing when the Lord has other plans. Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. There's his plans. But... I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Oh, man, how awesome. He prayed for, for Peter. I wish he have prayed for me. He did. He prayed for you even in several places in Scripture. Luke 22, excuse me, John 17. I pray for them. I pray not for the world but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Well, he was talking about the disciples. Okay, I'll give you that. Verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. He has prayed for you. Satan has desired to shift you as wheat, but my God has prayed for you. And I'm telling you, Jesus didn't pray a prayer that wasn't going to be answered. If he prayed a prayer, I guarantee you, you can count on it. He has prayed for you. You will stand. You will remain because you belong to him. Absolutely. Satan has been thwarted at every single turn. Don't give up. And here we are in his Eden. And once again, he's being thwarted by the bride of Jesus Christ. He's being thwarted by a little lady saying, I'm going to press on. He's being thwarted by somebody when Satan says, I will destroy you, says, Your words don't matter to me. Well, you're sick. Your words don't matter to me. You're going to take this depression. I will not take that depression because we stand and we remain. See, what Satan says holds zero weight. Let me show you in the scriptures Isaiah 7 and 5. Because Syria, Ephraim, and the son of Ramalia have taken evil counsel against thee. They've taken evil counsel against thee. Let us go up against Judah and vex it. Try to make them be vexed. And let us make a breach therein for us. And set a king in the midst of it. Even the son of Tabil. Thus saith the Lord God. It shall not stand. Neither shall it come to pass. All these plans they made to go up and vex Judah. And they get all these people together and we're going to do this and we're going to take evil counsel. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Satan said, you're not going to make it. He's going to destroy you, your children, and go to hell. I'm going to bring you down to an early grave. Thus saith the Lord, it shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Satan's whispering lies and telling you all these things. It shall not stand, neither shall it come to pass. Because I'm speaking to a people tonight, this morning, that shall remain. From the very day of Pentecost, Satan began his attacks, destroying, trying to destroy the church of God. I'm going to skip all these, but what I had was quote after quote of, from each church age showing where the false vine would stand up against the true vine and try to destroy it. And every time it would get so close. It would get so close to there was only a sliver of light. There was only a few left remaining, and and early on in the church, we see grievous wolves come in among the church because Satan has his plans. False doctrines began being preached, different Trinity doctrines, false baptism, hierarchy set up to rule over the people, and in each age, you see that that, that the the deeds of the Nicolaitans and things down through Ephesians and Pergamon all the way down in each one, and yet the seed would always remain true. Brother Brown says, with so many dishonoring God, turning him into three gods and changing his precious name to titles, one would wonder if the signs and wonders that attend such a great name would still be visited amongst the people. Indeed, those signs were mightily and wonderfully manifested, though certainly not in the false vine. There were men like Martin, men who stood true were greatly used, and God bore witness both by signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost that that name was still as effective as it always has been and ever will be when the saints honor him through the word and through faith. He says the name of Jesus is just as effective as it's always been. Regardless today of your circumstance, if you're willing to stand, the name of Jesus is still effective. When you're willing to remain, the name of Jesus is still effective. If you're willing to honor the name of Jesus and stand for truth, God and the Spirit of God will move in your life. The Spirit of God will move in our church if you're willing to stand for what Malachi 4 was sent to do. Malachi 4 was sent to turn our hearts back to the original Pentecostal fathers There's many people today that are fighting against going back to that and they don't want to see those things move They don't want to see the spirit move. They don't want to see the signs They don't want to see the see the wonders But if you're willing to stand for it, you'll see those things move in our church and in your home individually and in your own in your own personal life When our heart is turned back to the original Pentecost So so why then don't some see the moving of the spirit? Why don't some believe in the moving of the Spirit? Because they haven't remained with what the Word said about it. <clears throat> they go to church, they're religious, but they haven't remained. Judas remained until it was time to go to Pentecost, and then he remained where he was. He couldn't remain on the journey all the way up to Pentecost. And listen, while Brother Branham ad- identifies the Judas spirit. And that spirit of Judas will come right up and believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Jesus said, the devils believe and tremble. He'll come right up and teach sanctification. Just as pure a holy life as it can be. The Judas spirit will live just as pure and holy life as can be. That's a shocking statement. But listen. But when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit, he'll deny it and show his true colors every time. Brother Branham said, there's that spirit. There's that spirit of Judas. You have to remain with the word in every aspect. I'm not saying every single person in this church has to run around the church, shout and jump and and speak in tongues. We're not all wired that way. We're not all gifted that way. That's not what we're preaching. We're not preaching emotionalism. What we are preaching is a willingness to let God move how he sees fit. A willingness to say, God, if that's how you want to move, I by no means am going to get in the way. I by no means am going to try to put the brakes on. I'm not going to be a spiritual fire extinguisher and sit there and try to quench everything going on in the church. I want to remain true to what your word says. And the word says those gifts will be amongst believers. So, Lord, I believe they're amongst our congregation. And when you want to use them, Lord, I'm ready to see you use them. Lord, if there's a gift in me that I'm not using, Lord, I want to use it. Lord, I want to be willing and and, and malleable to do whatever it is you want to do that's what we're preaching a willingness to allow god to move and if we've learned anything god's will is going to be done regardless so you don't want to stand on the tracks when the train's coming because it's going to happen one way or the other and you want to be on the train not getting run over by the train make sure you're on the right side like brother branham said when those people were dancing in his church and he said I thought they're going to make my church into a tavern and he was going to say something, but then he didn't. And he said, because what if they're right? The prophet said, what if they're right? And we need to take that approach sometimes when we criticize, because if you are criticizing and they are right, you're not criticizing them. You're criticizing the movement of the Holy Spirit. And the word speaks very bluntly and directly about the punishment for that. So hold your peace and hold your tongue when something maybe you don't understand. Because maybe they're right. We move on. So what about now? We've talked about down through the ages. We've talked about how the three Hebrew children stood, how Daniel stood, how Jesus came right at the moment of darkness. But what about now? Satan's Eden. What about you? Down through every age, Satan has waged a war. And in every age, someone has stood. In every age, despite the odds, someone stood. When it looked hopeless, someone stood. People would give their lives. People would be burned at the stake. People would stand no matter what. Nothing can move them off their testimony. And because of that, those people will be there. I know we're talking about today those who are alive and remain, but there are many people that have gone by the way of the grave, and they remained. They remain true, and because of that, they're going to be there, and their reward will be just as great. Brother Branham says, what difference does it make if I'm living here or if I'm buried out yonder? For if I'm already for I am already paid the penalty of death, I'll be there before any man that's living. That's right. I say this, 2nd Thessalonians 5th chapter, I say this to you in the commandment of the Lord. We which are alive and remain to the coming of the Lord shall not hinder or prevent those that are asleep. For the trumpet of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So what difference does it make if I died in the time of Noah, if I died in the time of Abraham, if I died in the time of the apostles, or if I died two weeks ago, or if I die right now? What difference would it make I'll be there in a moment in a twinkling of an eye? So even those that go by the way of the grave, we know those testimonies of the people even within our own church that have gone, and we can look at and say they remained. They remain true. They stood strong, and we know they're going to be there, and they're going to be the ones that we even see before our bodies are changed. But now those people have stood. Those people have remained, and now it's our turn. Now it's our turn to stand, and our battle is not going to be a flowery bed of ease. I know, like I said early on, that we've reached the height of Satan's kingdom, and I know the odds don't look good when we look around. We see 200 million demons released from the river Euphrates. We see the most evil age ever upon the face of the earth. But the word said he was coming back for someone who is alive and remain. So someone is going to remain in this evil day. And as we've seen down through the ages, it doesn't really matter how evil it is, and it doesn't matter how dark the night. When God is determined to do something, it's going to happen. So someone is going to overcome. To him that overcometh will I grant. That means somebody's going to overcome. Somebody will remain because that's who he's coming back for, and it's going to be those that are the seed of Abraham. It's those that have been quickened to life, and I'm preaching to you this morning because I believe that's who you are. He said, I'm going to have a church without spotted wrinkle, and he said that church church would remain. And I'm telling you tonight, God's word will be fulfilled. That's not something to debate. That's not something to argue about. That's a fact. Satan has tried from the beginning to stop the fulfillment of God's word. And from what I can tell, it never really seems to work out well for him. All right, look at Israel over there. If you want to talk about odds, how do they stand there? There's no reason for Israel to exist. There's no reason logically for them to exist. They have endured hardship like no other nation. They have endured um, Holocaust. They have endured hatred. They have endured attacks. They are surrounded literally on every side by people that want them to die. And yet they remain because they're God's people. And yet they remain because it's God's plan they remain because it's God's will and that's the exact same thing that goes for you today Why are you even here against all odds? Here you stand in Laodicea against all odds when you're surrounded by 200 million demons Why are they even still standing? Why are they even still here? How is it even possible because you're God's people and it's God's will for you to be here It's God's plan that you would stand and nothing can come against that It's God's plan And if it's God's plan, if God's on our side, then nothing is going to deter that plan. Then odds don't matter. Numbers don't matter. I will remain. You, I'm talking to you now, against all odds, stand here today. An overcomer. Because it's God's plan. Look, I'm preaching to a bunch of Caleb's today. People that have stood and endured hardships. You've stood when everybody else fell away and died in the wilderness. You've stood through trials and tribulations. You've stood through tests that many of us maybe could never even imagine. We wouldn't even want to go through some of the things you've gone through. You may not want to go through some of the things that we've gone through. We've all gone through so much. But we're Caleb's. At the end of the day, here we stand. Through it all, I still remain. Through it all, I'm still sharpening my sword. Through it all, I'm still saying, give me my mountain. Through it all, I'm still saying, give me my children. Through it all, I'm still saying, give me my healing. Through it all, I'm still saying, give me my new body. Give me my rapture. Give me my victory because I'm a Caleb. There's something within me that will not back down. There's something within me that won't quit. There's something within me that says, just remain. Just remain. Keep pressing on. Then why do we listen? to the devil's whisper. I want to ask that as we begin to bring this down, why do we listen to the devil's whisper? We've seen down through the ages, he's thwarted, he's thwarted, he's thwarted. In your life, how many times have you seen it? He's been thwarted, he's been thwarted, he tried to destroy you, he's been thwarted, he tried to do this, he's been thwarted. And in situations right now where it seems like he's executing a plan to perfection, let me remind you, he does not dictate the outcome. Let me remind you that that battle is not over and just because it looks right now that he's in control of the situation He does not control the outcome. It will turn out for your good It will turn out for God's plan So why do we listen to his whisper you you've seen the anchor hold down through the ages? You've seen it hold in your life Look if we based it off of odds you say these odds aren't good if we based it off of odds We wouldn't even be here to begin with It's not about odds It's about if God be for us, who can be against us? You shouldn't be here, and yet you are. And and to me, I believe within my heart that it absolutely torments the devil that we're still here. I think it absolutely drives him crazy that he can't make you fall. But I'm telling you today that Satan's temptation is not stronger than God's election. Satan's temptation is not stronger than God's election. Satan's Eden will not overcome God's predestination. I believe that predestinated seed will overcome the flesh every single time. Your flesh may be rising up, and that's where Satan's attacking. That's what he's pointing at. But his temptation cannot overcome God's election, and because of that, you're going to remain. But Satan continues to war, and I call him the whisperer. He's always whispering. He's always whispering. And there's a battle raging at all times. There's been a battle raging in some of your minds even during this service. Raging for the minds of men. There's depression and anxiety and fear. Listen, he tells you, you're not going to make it. Look, he's been telling you, some of you, he's been telling you that you're going to quit and that you're not going to make it for the last 30 years. And yet, he's been telling you, you're going to give up. He's been telling you you're gonna quit. When are we going to quit giving credence to what he says because what his plans are for you don't matter? Satan, it's 2019, and here I stand. It's 2019, and I ain't going anywhere. It's 2019, it's evil everywhere. But I have a God who stands beside me, and I will remain. I will not quit. I will not back down. I'm an overcomer. I'm a seed of Abraham. It's 2019. Here I am. We gotta quit listening. He's been telling you for years you're not gonna keep pressing on. Here we are. Still pressing the battle, still pushing forward. One of the things he loves to tell people is you're not a very strong Christian. How many of you have he ever told that? You don't have very strong faith. You're not a very strong Christian. You don't have very strong. Then explain to me how in the middle of Satan's Eden you're still standing. Explain to me how you're still here. You are picked, hand-picked by God for the closing lap of the final race. Not only are you strong, you are the strongest. Not only are you strong, but you are an overcomer. You are a devil defeater. Let me give you a little bit of truth this morning. Let's give the devil a boom real quick. You are a strong Christian. You do have strong faith. You are an overcomer. You are going to go in a rapture. This is your message. It is for you. He, can't, he, he is so tormented by the fact that they won't quit. Why won't they just quit? I can't quit. There's something within me that says I will remain until the coming of the Lord. <laughs> Odds don't matter. Remind him. You know, a lot of times we don't even know what fear is. Listen, here's what fear is. Here's one of the definitions. A feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something. A feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something. So when the devil tries to bring fear on you, you tell him, no, 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 I don't have to accept that because I know the outcome of this. I, I read the story, my bad. I turned to the back of the book, I looked ahead. I hate to ruin this for you, and I know you were coming to try to scare me and tell me that I wasn't going to make it, but let me tell you something. When sickness is gone, I will remain. When the devil is gone, I will remain. When fear is gone, I will remain. Throughout eternity, I'm going to remain. When every one of your demons are burning in the lake of fire, I will remain. Down through eternity in the halls of glory, I will remain. You will remain because you are called to it. You are predestinated to it. He says, but well, you're going to fall like Eve fell. Brother Branham said, this Eve is predestinated not to to fall. You can't fall. You can't fail. You're going to remain. And when Satan's gone, when his lies are gone, when his deceit is gone, glory to God, I will remain. I'm going to stand. And when I've done all to stand, I'm going to stand. Therefore, I'm going to press the battle when all others around me may quit, when all others may fall away, when others laugh and others scoff, I'm going to remain. When the rapture comes, when the last trump sounds, I'm going to remain. We shall remain because I'm predestinated to it. Listen, you can't fail. Some of y'all didn't believe me. You can't fail. Listen to your prophet. So Pentecostal people, do you see that that's you? These others can't believe in that. They have nothing in them to believe with. But the trouble of it is you've got it and don't know it. If the devil, if you can get, he can hide it from you and not let you know you've got it and he's got you licked. But if you can get it, you can't fail. There's no way of failing. You're Abraham's seed. There's no way of failing. Listen to this one. Listen, you are the covenant people of God. God tore Christ apart at Calvary, making the covenant, swearing by himself. And he took the body up into heaven, which will return someday. But the spirit he gave back to lead the church. The same life that was in Christ Jesus is in the church tonight by the Holy Ghost, doing and acting and performing the same things he did when he was here on earth. You've received it. Have you received it? We've received it. You've got the covenant, it's written to you, swore by God, you can't fail. That makes the devil mad, sure does. When you realize who you are, don't fear about the child, sister. God has made it so. Don't fear about the baby, sister. Don't do that. Just say, God, I now accept it. It's my property. I'm a believer. I'll fill out this check today in Jesus' name. I accept it. That's all then. You can't fail. Now let the devil try to whisper to you. Now let the devil come try to tell you you're not going to make it. When the word of God says, you can't help but make it. You can't fail. You can't help but be there. And our God said, he'll be with us even in us till the end of the world. I'm telling you tonight, all guns in hell are trained against you, but you can't fail. This is Satan's Eden, but you can't fail. It's the most evil time ever, but you can't fail. Oh, he loves to talk to you when you're down. He loves to talk to you when he thinks he's got you backed in a corner. He loves to talk to you when, when he's seen you struggling in the night. He loves to talk to you when he sees you go through a little cold spell. Well, we all struggle. We all have moments, and that's when he loves to come talk to you. He loves to talk to you when he sees you pull back your worship a little bit in church. Oh, he's watching. So they hadn't worshiped in three or four services. They hadn't, oh they oh, now they start to whisper. And he starts whispering to you in the night. And he comes with you to church and he sits right there on your shoulder and says, this ain't talking about you. He's talking, look at those people. They're shouting, they're rejoicing, they're having a good time. He's talking about them. But you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. And he loves to whisper. And he loves to say, there's no help for you in God. There's no help for you. But something whispers deep down in your soul and says, but thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. And the devil's sitting over there on your shoulder having a good time, not realizing that something's starting to well up on the inside of you. Something's starting to well up. He don't realize he's done walked into an ambush. And he's sitting there thinking he's having a good time. You're not going to make it. There's no help for you in God. But thou, O oh Lord, are a shield for me. You're the glory and the lifter of my head. And he's sitting there and I say we catch the devil off guard a little bit this morning. In a day that he thinks not, I say we begin to worship the Lord and we begin to praise the Lord and we say, Lord, you're the lifter of my head. Lord, lift up my head from my sorrows. Lift up my head from looking at the trouble. And you begin to praise and you begin to worship and you begin to lift up the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you begin to say, thank you, Lord, that I'm still standing in 2019. Thank you, Lord, that I can fail thank you for saving me thank you for healing me thank you for giving me the baptism of the Holy Ghost and as you begin to praise the Spirit of God begins to move and it begins to lift up your head and you're no longer seeing your failures and your faults but you lift up your head and you say I will remain I will stand I will press on because he's been so good to me he's done so much for me how can I not stand for him he's the glory And the lifter of your head. Let the spirit of God begin to move in your life. Begin to praise him in a moment when the devil thinks not. In a moment when he thinks he's got you bound down and beat down. Just let your voice come out and say thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord. I love you Lord Jesus. You are my God. You are my defender. You are my shield. And watch the spirit of God begin to lift your head. He's the glory and the lifter of my you say, Well, I'm a praise him when I see the walls fall. I'm a praise him when the chains come off. That's not scriptural. Joshua praised him, then the walls fell. Paul and Silas began to praise him, then the chains fell off. You want to have some freedom, you want to have some joy? Oh God, set me free, God set me free. God, if you want freedom, you start praising the Lord. If you want freedom, you start praising the Lord and calling out to God. And when you praise him, then the walls will fall. Then the chains will come off. You have a part to play. I'm bringing this to a close. I'm skipping to the end. Church, in an evil time, if you stand for him, he will stand for you. When no retreat is an option, when your attitude is victory or death, then he'll stand for you. Let us not forget who we serve. We serve a God of war. I do believe he's the God of peace within our souls, and he brings us that peace. But when your enemy encamps about you, he is a God of war. I believe in Hebrews thirteen eight. I believe he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we believe that, let's look at Exodus 15 and 2. I can see the children of Israel standing at the Red Sea, knowing that not all of them had came out. Some of them were still in Egypt. I can hear the whisper Satan was whispering in their heart. I told you you should have stayed. They got all them garlic pots, and they're eating real good, and you about to die in this little ocean. You stupid. Why are you following this guy anyway? I mean, he's got, he's got a stick. He's got a stick. i mean, look at you. Good decision. Good call. You decide to leave all that, and here you are, and now you're going to die. <laughs> Dummy. I know you laugh, but sometimes the devil tells you some funny stuff. I ain't, he said some stuff to me before that I was like, really? You for real right now? <laughs> I was dumb. <laughs> and then sometimes he tells you things that makes you think. And he's sitting there whispering to him, you're going to die. Look at the odds. Look at Pharaoh's army. There's nowhere for you to go sometimes we feel that way but in the time of trouble he will hide you in his pavilion at the very last moment he's gonna snatch us out of here and he's gonna take us in a rapture the odds don't matter we serve a God of war Exodus fifteen two, they're backed up against the Red Sea there's nowhere to go and according to the enemy they're about to die the Lord is my strength and song And he has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. No matter the situation you're in this morning, hold on to this. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy, and in the greatness of thine excellency thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble, and with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together, and the flood stood up right as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, "I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied." them, I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Let's look once again. His plans don't matter. His plans for your life mean nothing. These are his plans. Here's what he's going to do to you. He's going to pursue. He's going to overtake. His hand shall destroy you. But thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand. The earth swallowed them. Thou and thy mercies had led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto the holy habitation. The people shall fear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestine then the Dukes of Edom shall be amazed, and the mighty men of Moab trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away, fear and dread shall fall upon them, and the greatness of thine arms shall, they shall be as still as a stone till thy people pass over O Lord till the people pass over which thou hast purchased until we go in a rapture he's going to hold it back until we leave here the people that he has purchased thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance in the place O Lord which thou hast made for thee to dwell in in the sanctuary O Lord which thy hands have established the Lord shall reign forever and ever that's my God that's who I serve The enemy said, I will destroy them. And they sank to the bottom of the ocean like lead. And he says, and I will keep them at bay until I take you over and establish you in the mountain of your inheritance. Church, we shall remain. We shall not be moved. Like a tree planted by the water, we're going to stand there. We're going to be strong. And no matter what comes, we shall remain. I'm done with my notes and I want to close with this little story. Musicians, you can come. I had to skip a lot because, well, I'm slow. Sorry. They pick on me and call me long-winded, and I guess well I was. I was thinking about the Star Spangled Banner. As I was studying and and I was thinking about Fort McHenry and Francis Scott Key. And you know, Francis Scott Key had went out to a British ship to try to um, negotiate the release of his friend who had been taken prisoner. And actually his tactics worked and the British agreed to release him. But because they had knowledge of the impending attack, they wouldn't release him until the battle was over. They said, you're going to have to stay here. And they actually let them return to their own ship, but under watchful eye of the British ship. And Francis Scott Key there penned words that became very famous to us. We know it as the Star Spangled Banner, but he would write later on, he said, It seemed as though Mother Earth had opened and was vomiting shot and shell in a sheet of fire and brimstone. Sounds like the day we live in. All hell had opened up, fire and brimstone. It was a, it was a marvelous and yet terrifying sight as he sat there and watched. He would write, but when darkness arrived, Key could only see red erupting in the night. Given the scale of the attack, he was certain the British would win. And the hours passed slowly, but in the clearing smoke of dawn's early light, Church, I know different things excite different people. But when I was reading this and this thought was coming to me, I I about had to run away. And I was thinking about all the saints down through time in the grandstands looking over the banister. And I was thinking about down through the church ages, every now and then there'd be a flash of light. Brother Brown described it even as a Roman candle. There'd be a flash of light. And they would say, they're still there. They're still there. They're still standing. And it would go dark. Oh, they're still there. There's still a people remaining. There's still a people standing for truth. Did you see that? Did you see that? Martin's age. They're still standing. And then a prophet would come on the scene in Laodicea. Light. Did you see that? That was the biggest burst of light we've ever seen. Oh, my, that was glorious. But now here we are, 42 years into the hour of darkness. 42 years past 1977. 42 years past the time where it was so dark the prophet of God couldn't see past. And they're looking. Are they still there? Are they still holding on? There's got to be somebody. Somebody. There's got to be somebody down there. It's so dark. It's so dark. Oh, but in dawn's early light, on that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ arise, look, come look, they remain. They remain. They stood the test. Victory, victory. Somebody held on. Somebody held on. They remain. Victory and the flag waves high from the walls. We didn't surrender. We didn't give in. We stood in the darkest night. We stood. We shall remain. We won't give in. On that bright and cloud this morning, they're going to see you. They're going to see you. They stood. They remain. Oh, God, let me remain this morning. Let me stay true against all odds. Let me stay true when others scoff and turn away. I want to remain. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will remain. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How we love you, Lord Jesus. How we thank you, Lord, for the Spirit of God that's given us the strength to hold on. To remain in this last day. Lord, we will not back up. Lord, today the line in the sand driven, drawn by the Holy Spirit, we see it clearly and we choose to step over and say we shall remain. How we love you, Lord Jesus. How we thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done for us. We commit it all into your hands and we thank you, Lord God, that by your power, by your might, we shall remain.
1: My child, don't you worry, I've formed your destiny, and you are blameless, you're blameless, for I have paid the price, and you are shameless. Sands filled with the life again. Oh, memory thought he had you bound, but the evidence was never found, and you are beautiful. And you are blameless Unfailing love With his own blood Has washed my sins away The perfect lamb Was crucified That I might stand just Stiff and I said, Lord, I'm unworthy, you know my history, and he said, my love, can't you see that you are Blame, Accusers rise filled with the life I gave but your memory thought that he had you bound but the evidence oh it can never be found and you are beautiful and you are blame.